I was recently speaking at Heartland Christian Camp in California where two amazing men of God that I love and respect have the privilege of serving literally thousands and thousands of young people every single year. As a matter of fact, their combined experience in the camp world is over 70 years. Uh, you're going to love their insight and their wisdom and their discernment. We, we sat down together uh, in full camp garb. I mean, we really, really outdid ourselves here. Shorts and t-shirts. And we had a conversation that I promise you're going to appreciate, okay? I want you to experience it with me uh, because it's a personal conversation that I love having with them and it encourages me. And, and it's a way for us to glean from them what real ministry success looks like. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the Creation Today Show. I'm Eric Hovind, and I'm up here at Heartland Christian Camp in California. It is beautiful up in the mountains here, and I'm hanging out with my friends, Byron and Bob. They run the camp here and do an amazing job. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. It's to be here. Really appreciate it. Hey, so I wanted to do a show. I, I've gotten to come up here, Byron, you invited me up here probably... 15 years ago, maybe, maybe more than that. I don't want to give away their age too much, but uh, years ago, and I was always amazed with this camp specifically because it seems like you guys do a good job of balancing the reality that you are a camp experience with wanting to see discipleship and really understanding how to measure success. And we have enjoyed... Uh, it's a it's a nice long drive up some nice windy hills and being a Florida boy with flatland I get a little sick so we stop anyway it's created some great conversations on okay what what does success look like up here when you guys do this full time how do you measure success especially when it comes to event based organizations and then honestly I've asked you guys hey I'm a guy that's coming here speaking you've seen hundreds thousands of amazing communicators. Have you, as you've watched them over the years, what did you see? What did you experience? And how, did, you know, who was real, who wasn't? So I'm just, this is, this is one of those conversations that I'm fascinated by. And I just want you to be able to listen in and glean some wisdom. You've seen the farmer's commercial. They've, uh, they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing, seen a thing or two. And they know a thing or two. They've seen lots of things or twos. I, I, I just so respect and appreciate you guys and your insight, your wisdom, and your discernment after years of ministry is so rich. Ah, how do we measure ministry success? Success. Let's start with how did you guys get to Heartland? This is an amazing place. Um, pretty, pretty cool uh, area. Tell me about the camp we're at, how you guys run it, and then let's get into how do we measure success and how do we, how do, you guys just give me advice on not being one of the guys that falls off the wagon, okay? <laughs> just help me out. And, well, 25 years ago, I was invited to, to come here. I served wow. uh, just shy 19 years over the hill at a place called Hume Lake. And um, it's been an incredible ride. So, yeah, um, April 1st, 1997, and then very shortly thereafter, Byron and I had worked uh, over at Hume, uh, and he 
kind of gone a bunch of different ways. I can let him share his story, but it was just fun to reconnect. It's just he's a godly man, and that therein is the success that he understands as we do program um, what's most important, and that's his word and boldly proclaiming it. And you have a, a great way of describing when somebody says, "Do you is this is this your camp? Do you run this camp?" Yeah. Middle management. Yeah, <laughs> we know we know whose it is. I'm responsible for all the bad stuff that goes on, but anything good, <laughs> he alone gets the glory. And I mean that sincerely. Not I know you do. That's yeah. one of the beautiful things about you guys is you really are. You can see it's I'm middle management. There's no, uh, you are the chief servant, so to speak. And I'm watching Bob walk to the uh, the the dining hall and be picking up trash along the way and just serving people any way he can. It's just. It's the real deal. So these are the guys that you want to learn from, the guys that are down here mm -hmm. doing it, and they're, they're, it's laying up treasures in heaven. So I love you, man. I love yeah. you. appreciate you. Byron? Yeah. So it's actually Brian Case, yes. but you know how camp names work. And so <laughs> it ended up being... It's usually Sally for uh, him, but you know, we go by Bob <laughs> up here. <laughs> so it ended up being Byron many years ago. And as Bob mentioned, we were able to work together some 35 years ago. Um, and Bob has been my mentor for all these years, just teaching me things like that. I'm middle management and, and just the humility of giving Christ the glory for the successes and owning the failures because everybody else probably knows it was me anyway. I might as well just <laughs> own up to it. Um, but uh, my wife and I uh, served as missionaries in the Dominican Republic for a number of years and then returning from there. Um, Bob just called me out of the blue and said, hey, you want to do program at Heartland? And I said, where? And pretty soon we were here and just fell in love, not with, it's a beautiful place, but with a family mm. that loves Jesus with all their heart and wants to serve him uh, in, a, in a humble way. And that was attractive to me. And so um, coming up on almost 22 years now, um, serving in, in the same role, um, which I love as working in program. I have the privilege today of doing what became my passion 30 some years ago. I get to be there when a kid says, I want to follow Jesus. How do I repent? How do I pray? And I get to be there when that happens. Last night that happened in an overwhelming way as the gospel was presented and that's the the core of why we do what we do so that kids come to know jesus it's mm -hmm. my passion evangelism is is big um and discipleship and and growing these kids and so i'm loving every moment of it yeah. that is awesome and gotten to raise a family here mm -hmm. and now family just incredible family um how do you guys i love talking to people that are outside of the kind of the 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 church structure and in like a a parachurch type setting where you're here for the church. You're here to help the church. You're here to strengthen the, the faith of the church. That's kind of what our ministry does. Come in, a little catalyst to help the church. Um, how, how do you guys measure success when it comes to ministry success? You get to see the good and the bad. You get to see the, the ups and the downs. Been in ministry long enough. Honestly, I just go... I'll sit at y'all's feet. Give wisdom. <laughs> Just give wisdom. I, I, you guys are amazing at what you've seen and what you've experienced. Yeah. Wisdom on measuring ministry success over the years. Yeah, I don't. I, I not to be disrespectful. I don't think it's so much success, but faithfulness. Mm. And so I would, I would, I would replace success with faithfulness. If we're faithful, 
uh, to serving the God of the Bible um, and boldly proclaiming his word, message of salvation through Christ alone, um, then we've been successful, but faithful, not successful. And wow. it may mean that we have less camper. I mean, you know, our goal is not to make a bigger camp. Bigger kingdom, we want to be part of that, but it's God that, that brings in the harvest. So truly, we want to be faithful. And it's not always a popular message. And it's frankly, we're conservative in a lot of ways. And that just bucks against society globally uh, and some in the church that see it a little different and want to do ministry differently. And so we just, pretty simple. We want to be faithful. And, and therein, I think God will be honored. And if there's success in that, he gets the glory. Maybe I mean, that's necessarily. I know. Yeah. That's beautiful. Any thoughts, Brian? Yeah, I mean, uh, the idea of what success is not, mm. um, it's not, you know, we have X number of campers this week, or we had X number of kids got saved last night, um, because it, it can be tempting to tout that as, look at, look at what we did. You know, 50 kids received Christ this week, and I celebrate yeah kids that come yeah. to Christ but we have zero ability to bring somebody into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ he always takes the initiative it's all him and we celebrate it but we don't get any of the glory and so that's what success is not um, but as Bob mentioned just this this faithfulness and I was just reading um, in uh, I think it was in 3 John uh, verse 8, it says, Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Mm -hmm. And all of us have seen ministry leaders um, who, for whatever reason, were, were not faithful and, and they fell into sin. And we all continue to, to receive grace and forgiveness and we continue to all sin. But just to avoid those moral failures that cause us to crash and burn. And, and really, our, our ministry is on a knife's edge that mm. we can lose it. We can mm. lose our credibility. Um, and we can even potentially take away credibility from God because we were somebody that others were looking to to show how do you, how, how do you live faithfully. And yet... You know, dealing with our, our sin in our lives, but keeping ourselves above those moral failures. And really, it's the grace of God. It's it's staying in His Word. I think you've even said over the years, a, a quote that I love is that sin will keep us from this book, the Bible. Um, and this book, the Bible, will keep us from sin. And so as we stay faithful, opening that thing every day, just like we're teaching junior hires this week. Mm. Open your Bible every day, read it. It's a reflection of, ooh, there's some things I need to deal with. It's like looking at ourselves in a mirror, um, dealing with what we see there. There's a problem, address it, there's grace, and then move on. And so to get away from the core of that simple message that we teach campers is to lose our way. And, and to fail. I find myself always in this battle between I want to do the very best I can and at the same time I know it is 100% up to God. And that is that knife's edge. It's so easy to become, you know, uh, 
it's me doing it and it's not, it's God and it's easy to go the other way. Um, one of the things I've constantly asked these guys is, hey, you know those really good speakers that come to camp? <laughs> How do I be one of those? And, and what, like those guys that, man, they preach and it's like, everybody comes to her. It's like, whoa, okay, I'm ready. And I get it. You know, someone's emotion. Let's talk about how you guys try to talk about the speakers. And I want to talk about how you guys try to be careful not to just have an emotional experience here. You want these kids to have substance. Can, is that, I just, can we talk through that? Well, I think what people say and do or who they are is very important so that they're not sending a mixed message. So um, as I look back, I don't know, coming in my 45th summer, the people that have been most successful, I, 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 a huge percentage of them, probably Prado's principle, I'll bet, I, I, without doing the math, about 80, 20, about 80 percent of them have failed at some level, I'll bet. Just when I think through the people that finished well and those that didn't, so, wow. and there's a corollary, not all of those that failed were highly successful, but many of them would have been considered by youth pastors at the time, very successful, sought after, you know, they had the incredible ability, they had incredible tools and gifts and God no doubt blessed them. I don't doubt that he used his word being spoken by them. The problem is that they failed, the pride got them, you know, they just allowed pride, mm -hmm. I mean, I, the one key common denominator is that, that there's pride. So, you know, today, you know, I encourage Byron, and he can certainly speak on his own. You know, you know we're not going to have necessarily the, the 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 cutting edge speaker that maybe they all want untested. We like someone that's been around that that their their life is matching what they say. Pride's not part of of their repertoire. That that they're humble, uh, that they love Jesus, and that it's authentic. And some of them are really have really good tools, and some of them are, you know, may, may not have the tools that the world would see as as phenomenal. But again, I think we want to be faithful. I mean, I, you know, God can use rocks and donkeys, and you know, so I did not know. I know what you're saying there, Bob. I know what you're saying. All right, dumb as a rock. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, without sincerity, I think we have to be careful. Again, back to the whole notion of success. It's his way is just different. I mean, he's going to use the tools he uses. And that's why I'd rather have a, a man that walks with God, whose life has a pattern of that, his family represents that, than someone that has incredible gifts and, and can wow people with stories and is an incredible communicator, but whose life is, is apart from that and who end up or who are in the process of failing or pride is in that just a prevalent part of their life and they're self-centered and selfish and yeah so just so that i made sure i understood you you've watched lots of speakers you've watched people that can can woo the crowd can 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 preach incredible sermons were you saying the 80 20 rule about 80 percent of them that that were wow have have done something to get them out of the ministry now yeah so i would say so I, I mean, I haven't laid it out in analysis, but I look back in my early days at Hume, I had a, a year, last, I don't know, two years ago, I was going through cleaning out some files, and I think it was uh, 98 or 99, these big calendar planners I had, and I just, the vast majority of the speakers that I had, their names listed, had failed. And, wow. And it was actually greater than 80% had failed of that particular sample. So I don't want to suggest okay. that 
80% yeah. of the <laughs> camp speakers in the world are failing. That would be not true. Okay, but good. Prado's principle, I, I get the 80-20 principle, which is Prado, yeah, falls out in a lot of ways. And I had never thought until just now. You know, when I do the math, it, it may not be too far. I mean, hopefully it's less than that. I mean, 80% is a high number. But I do know of those, that, actually, a year or two that I was going through the files, the vast majority of those people, because they were so successful, they were coming back and doing multiple weeks at the time. And they just today, um, some of them are still friends, but they, they failed and they're no longer in ministry and they've been disqualified from ministry. Wow. So, and then there are some that, you know, just uh, my mentor, Kenny Poor, just he was faithful, he was good, uh, he was an incredible communicator, he was humble. And he loved Jesus, and his life was matched. And I knew him really, really well. And his life matched what he preached. It was, it was a, there, there was no inconsistencies there. And I think because of that, he truly finished well. Nice. Uh, others that had those same gifts, or maybe, maybe greater gifts, if it's a sporting, you know, some sports stars are more talented. If you if you want to use that corollary, they they were they were incredibly talented but they they didn't finish well man that's it's just a huh, that's a challenge for me because i go god if that's going to be me then just stop ministry right yeah. now that's yeah. really what i feel i i don't want to be that and you guys don't want to be that i don't know anybody wants to be that obviously but are we doing the things necessary staying in the word keeping pride out of our life mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of what I think for you guys. I mean, we're all called to ministry of some sort. And knowing that many people don't finish well, and God has called us to finish well, it's a powerful challenge to every single one of us, whether it's ministry as a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife or a, or a Sunday school teacher or a teacher, whatever that ministry is for you, are you going to finish well? That is the big question. Are we going to be faithful? I think that's because that lines back then to the, your initial question. So, how do we gauge success? We gauge success by a camper, you know, partnering with a church, faithfully opening God's word and boldly proclaiming. Boldly meaning not arrogantly, but just without unashamedly is another way to say the bold. It was so that we, we just and we're not going to cherry pick. We're not taking sections out when it speaks truth. Uh, Byron brings. Godly men that are going to bring truth, and and unashamedly, there is one way. There aren't multiple ways to Christ, and and some of the woke, some of the you know, God loves not just all the children of the world as some, but He truly loves each one. There's them. There's no doubt, but He wants them to come to knowledge of Him and to have their lives conform to His will, desire for them, and not their will and desire or the world's will and desire. And so we're constantly bucking that. Wow. And for me, it's it's a sobering thought uh, as as I see those who, for whatever reason, didn't finish well. And and rather than saying, "Look at them, they didn't finish well," I'm going to. There's this understanding that he who thinks he stands, mm. take heed, because I am a step away from failing, and it's only by the grace of God that he keeps us on track, that we keep ourselves humble, that we continue to be repentant and at a moment's notice realizing, oh, I've, I've slipped into sin. I need to address it in my life and humble myself. Um, and as I invite people to come and share, whether it be, you know, speakers for summer and winter youth camps or men's events or family or women's events or whatever it may be, 
to me, the thing that's just music to my ears is when a speaker says something along the lines of, uh, I've got nothing to say save for God's word. Yeah. And I'm going to open that um, because as has already been mentioned, you know, you can tell fabulous stories. You can captivate audiences. You can make them laugh. And they could walk away saying, what an incredible communicator. And yet the power, mm. all the power is in the word of God. Right. That is what transforms hearts, not just coming and saying, wow, I really, I got a lot out of that or what a captivating message it was, but my life mm. is altered. My life is mm. changed because of what God's doing mm. in my heart. So again and again, I've had speakers come to me that I'm, I'm like, why are you asking me advice? I got, I've got nothing saying, you know, was the message on track? You know, what, you know, is there something that I could do to adjust? And the response is anytime you get into God's word, you open God's word and just teach the truth of his word and you're passionate about it because you can tell when somebody is teaching out of what they they're learning themselves that God's telling me this, I'm convicted, I want to share it, I'm passionate about sharing what God's teaching me, rather than, okay, you told me the topic and I'm teaching what you asked me to teach on the topic, but you're passionate because God's teaching you, which means that you're humble mm -hmm. and you're learning and you're saying, me too, I'm preaching to you and me and we're, we're learning together in this process. So powerful yeah I, i'm that guy oh hey hey, hey brian uh anything i can do better man I'm like, I'm, and that's still me trying to balance that i want to do the best i know i can do and i do want to trust god 100 percent for the results so wow i'm still on that beautiful journey of figuring out how to how to keep doing that um when when you guys are involved in this as a camp as a place that hosts retreats um can you speak to the people that don't get an opportunity to get away don't get an opportunity to go to an oasis don't get an opportunity to have an extended time alone so to speak with god or a, i mean it's almost like you guys get to live on the mountaintop it's kind of cool you know of course you guys are fine well, look at this place this is amazing and you're you're hearing all these messages and people are coming here and being refreshed all the time and um at the same time when you're here it's not always a mountaintop i know <laughs> but um can you talk to the people that don't ever get time to get away and, and what would you encourage them to do? Well, I think like Jesus, make time and make it a priority. And while you may not come to the mountains, uh, I mean, a lot of places that, that you can find little removing of distractions, shutting the phone off, you know, uh, getting away from the computer and just listening to him. I think that's again part of it. It's, it's not what we do or more that we say. We want people to listen to him. And as Byron mentioned, certainly his word is the primary way that he speaks, but certainly in prayer and spending time reflecting, opening his word, memorizing. But yeah, I think it's a matter of taking time. If you, you know, if you drive an hour and a half away from the city or more, yeah, that, that does it. And it is beautiful. Yeah. Um, but it is possible to, to miss all that, you know, be so sucked up and busy. So I would just encourage people to, to make, make it a priority, find time. Because Jesus did. I mean, for following our Savior, um, you know, he was a servant. We want to follow him in that way. And he also took time to talk to the Father. 
and listen. And mm -hmm. you know, we went to the hills. He didn't come to the mountains. He went. I've been been along the Sea of Galilee. I, you know, I, it's just it's nothing special about where right. he went. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's not like the mountains here. So, but uh, <laughs> he he. he he set apart, and I think therein there's something not magical. I don't want to be mistaken there, but there's something special about giving God full attention and and acknowledging Him that you know we want to be attentive to Him, mm. and He has our full attention. That we've removed distractions and want to hear from Him and Him alone. That's awesome. Mm. And I've heard uh, again and again over the years people will ask the question, what is it about this place? I mean, God is just moving here. Or I've even had people say, man, I stepped out of the car and I felt the presence of God. And there's nothing holy about the dirt at Heartland, <laughs> at Heartland or the, the pews in our chapel or any of that, other than the fact that it's set apart for God's glory. It's a place that's set apart for that purpose. And so when people come whether it be to camp or a retreat or whatever it might be, um, they're just getting flooded with God's Word. I mean, they're coming here, and where else do you spend five days attending chapel nine times mm -hmm. in that period of time? Just a fire hose of God's Word that just it, it transforms your life being exposed to that much of God's Word and talking about it and thinking about it and being apart from the distractions of the day-to-day -day life and your cell phone doesn't work and you know <laughs> we, we get to it's turn true. all that off um, and yet at the same time it's almost like coming to this feast where we just we get to you know uh, God's Word is is our bread and and so we get to feast on that at a week of camp and yet we can't live for a year on a feast that we had for a week, that we're in God's Word every day, that we're nourishing ourselves every day. And so the idea, and, and we really try to push to our campers the idea that you'd, you've got to expose yourself to God's Word daily, that you can't live off this for a year because you'll hear again and again, man, I got so fired up and I was so pumped about Jesus at camp and I went home and I felt like that faded and feelings mm. come and go mm. they're they're not reliable mm. and not that feelings are bad God gave us feelings but to nourish ourselves on God's Word after camp is over and continue rather than I had this mountaintop experience and then it went back down rather it's this launch pad that I'm gonna go from here to higher mm. places as I invest time in God's Word every day. And, and that is the ongoing life change, the discipleship process of, of continuing to grow day in and day out so that hopefully they come to camp next year and say, man, God, something start, God started something in my life last year at camp. This year, I'm at a whole nother level. Let's keep it going. And I love that. That's awesome. How are um, how are Christian camps doing? It seems like um, seems like churches are struggling. The latest poll coming out showing atheism even higher. Less people saying they believe in God. Less people going to church. Um, 
you guys grew up, of course, I'm not that old, but you guys grew up back when, man, I mean, church camp was everything. It was, all the churches seemed to be doing it. Uh, how are we doing? Where are we at in the temperature of, let's go to camp, let's, you know, camp setting. Where, how are we doing? Well, I think church camp, we've been told is church camp and mission trips sort of run parallel as far as life change, apart from the youth group, just as life-changing activities. So I think there's an uptick in mission activity, which we fully support. Um, there's great challenge in not all of the states, but many of the states just meeting the requirements and regulations to be open. Um, and so there's, you know, there's economic factors at work that, you know, it's no longer $25 a week to come to King. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I hear not all camps are doing great, but many camps are. They're doing phenomenal. God's doing work not only across the United States, but around the globe with Christian camping. Mm -hmm. And so it's powerful. Um, it's life-changing. It's ongoing. Um, I think here in the United States, it's, you know, there are pockets where there are challenges, but I think it's still something that many youth pastors see as incredibly valuable. Because like last night, it's just a place not that it's special, it's just a place that God has chosen to use to combine his word being proclaimed and people in a position to listen and respond. That's cool. Amen. Yeah. Thoughts on that? And, and uh, it, it, interesting because we're, we're sitting here right in the heart of California. <laughs> That's where I was going next. I mean, and, like you guys don't have any challenges. Um, and as the, the entire nation... Um, is going we see in cal i mean every other day i talk to somebody that says i'm i'm out of here i'm i'm headed to what a, some other state that's just more friendly to business or friendly to you know whatever um and they're and they're abandoning california because of a multiplicity of reasons but um as our culture and society seems to be growing darker and we see things today that 20 years ago I never would have anticipated that it would be so dark. Uh, the light of the gospel shines even brighter. And so I've had people say, you know, what are you doing still in California? Why don't you come down here to Texas with us or Florida or Idaho or, you know, somewhere? Um, the mission field is ripe because we have kids. We've, we've got kids outside the window right now running around camp who say I'm an atheist yeah. and they are in desperate need of hope mm -hmm. and the gospel is the hope that they need. And so more and more we see kids coming to camp that haven't heard the gospel message and they haven't heard the story of creation or considered the idea that God made them unique and special in his image. That's new information to more kids now than ever before. And so as, as the, the darkness continues to grow darker, the light of the gospel shines all the brighter, and we see lives transformed. It's like this, this is a mission field. We used to you know, send people overseas to dark places yeah. to hear the gospel, and here we are right in the middle of a place yeah. where missionaries are being sent to America in greater numbers than ever before, to California in greater numbers than ever before because of the darkness that's around us. And so we feel like, you know, although there's political climates that look appealing in other places, God's placed us here mm. 
to minister to this part of the country and invest in kids that don't know the truth. It is amazing how, how, and maybe you guys want to talk about this, the, where you start with kids these days is a whole lot uh, lower on the biblical knowledge level. You know, when I had a kid come up to me and I gave him a Ten Commandment coin and he said, hey, uh, what are the Ten Commandments? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, so we're just we, getting a lot of kids that have kind of zero biblical knowledge mm-hmm. that you're starting at a different place. Um, yeah, and you guys are in California. You guys do have plenty of challenges. Um, wow. I, thank you guys for sticking it out <laughs> on here, up here. If you want to donate to Heartland Christian Camp, just go to their website at www.heartlandcamp.com. Heartland Camp, which is with an A. You wouldn't be against people just saying, hey, seriously, why don't you get involved with a camping ministry, a camp that could use your help. I, you guys have people come volunteer for weeks at a time in order to just help this place be the light and the beacon it is in, in, in young people's lives that it is, don't you? Sure do. Is that, uh, has it always been this way as far as all these volunteers? Or is this like, and you guys have just had to help develop the program? And well, Byrone gets great credit for that. Yeah, just get somebody's interested. By Rome C case call. Well, that gets credit. <laughs> yeah, he gets I the, the phone calls. Yeah, he, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I, I would say, and we've we've had this discussion before that that as it gets increasingly difficult to do business, yeah. um, because and that is the harder side of this, isn't it? it? Yeah, ongoing, you know, just onerous regulation and fees and all you know all these things, but um, I really feel like the future of ministry is in tapping into volunteers that just mm-hmm. want to serve. And I, I, it blesses my heart when I hear volunteers say, I, I only serve in ministries where the gospel is presented because, you know, there's plenty of humanitarian mm-hmm. aid That's out true, there. Yeah. Um, but are we going to send them well-fed into mm-hmm. hell wow. or are we going to share the gospel with them? And of course we want to reach out and, and help those in need. Um, but I love this passion that people have that I want to serve here because the gospel is being shared and life is being changed. And they may never have an interaction with, with kids hardly at all. They may be fixing a deck or fixing broken plumbing or a broken window or serving wherever. Um, but they're part of something where the gospel is central mm-hmm. and that's core. Um, and, and I love it. So we, we've got volunteers of all ages mm-hmm. that come and serve and we couldn't do what we do without them. And some of them are, are in nursing homes committed to praying. And some of them are here serving right now and uh, others are donating. And there's just so many ways that God uses people way beyond our borders to make it possible to do ministry. So we give him the glory for Amen. it. Amen. I got to tell you, it has been an unbelievable blessing to be able to come here for your homeschool family camps or your youth camps mm. and just get to be a little part of what God is doing here. I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away. Mm. And I've always appreciated the great conversations I get to have mm. with you guys, the wisdom that you guys have and the truth that you guys speak. It's mm. just incredibly encouraging to me. As, as we close up here, one more one more thought. I guess you guys will be looking at that camera. One more thought uh, for people. 
uh, if everybody really is in ministry as a believer. As a believer, you are in ministry. That's just the way it goes. Um, what would your encouragement be to somebody in the church? Maybe, I mean, there's a lot of people that probably don't have a lot of involvement right now. Uh, they're just doing something. Um, you're at their church, you're in their pulpit, and you're about to talk to them. What, what would you say to them? Just look for a way. Mark 10, 45, Jesus said that he came not to be served, but to serve, giving his life as a ransom for many. And I would just encourage all the people that are watching this have to look for opportunities to serve. They're out there. Just take a look and jump in. Ask, ask how you can help, whether it's at a camp, a church, youth ministry, uh, rescue mission, Team Challenge, YFC, uh, missions, short-term, long-term, um, and just, you know, engaging, you know, taking your neighbor's garbage cans and love on them, you know, mow their lawn. Uh, you just be a part of serving and loving and let the light shine. Yeah, yeah just serve. That's yeah. cool. Mm. Amen. Yeah, and I, I would say I just had this motto for years that life, is a short-term missions trip. That the whole reason that we're here on planet Earth is to fulfill this mission that God gave us to make disciples. And so somebody once asked the question, what are what on earth are you doing for heaven's sake? Yes. And, and so we're a heartbeat or a breath away from eternity. And life is very short and eternity is really long. And we wanna be about obeying his commands reaching out to others, ministering to others, sharing the gospel, making disciples, uh, using every bit of energy that we have to, to pour in mm -hmm. to these people that God sends our way. Mm -hmm. And uh, another good friend of mine often says, I want to crawl into heaven exhausted from serving Jesus. Wow. And I think, man, I, I don't know if today's my last day. Mm -hmm. I want to be about that. Because if it is, I'm going to be standing before God and I want to give an account that I was faithful to the end by his grace, not because of my efforts. So, and I want to thank you yeah. for just allowing us not only this conversation, but just, you know, the many times that we've been able to minister together and, um, and your faithfulness to sharing the truth of God's word. Sometimes uh, that's uncomfortable for people to hear. And yet it's, it's critical that we're faithful to share the truth because they're headed for a clip if they don't yeah. know Jesus. Um, and if we truly love, we're going to tell people, hey, there, there's eternity. Where are you going to spend it? Powerful. Yeah. Man, I love you guys. All you guys right, are you. awesome, man. All right, you guys are awesome. Love Heartland Christian Camp. I'm telling you, if you don't donate to a camp, heartlandcamp.com. Man, just say, just sow a seed into this and say, I just want to bless you guys. Thanks for investing in kids. How many kids are here this week? Uh, three, three, 17. Yeah. yeah, a lot of kids here this week, plus counselors and all that. And and despite all the difficulties doing business, you guys still end up having to sponsor some kids to be able to come times, don't you? It's like mm. you guys let people pay for other people to come. I'm telling you, it won't be a waste. You'll be laying it up. Not in California, but in heaven, Amen. it'd be worth it. Amen. So Amen. would love to see you guys partner with Heartland Christian Camp. Thank you guys. Thanks Thank so you. much, Eric. God bless. We'll see you All later. Right. Wow. Okay, we uh, we covered a lot in that conversation. But just let me tell you, um, it is always sad for me to see someone who has been, or at least appeared to be, 
a a pillar of truth in Christianity fail, fall away. I mean, to hear Bob give the 80-20 stat, he told me that a couple years ago, and it was so disappointing. My, my, my mind goes to the many people who have not finished their race strong, and I'm sure you know people in your life that have let you down as well. I, I guess, you know, this really hits home for me because when I was 15 years old, our youth group had a gentleman named Bill Crockett come and be the camp speaker at our summer camp. And he was powerful. I mean, the the truth of Scripture jumped off the pages. Uh, many people in our youth group made decisions for Christ during that week. And, and when we were back from camp and we had started school, we learned that Bill Crockett, the camp speaker, was divorcing his wife and that he was marrying a woman that he had been having an affair with. And that absolutely crushed me. I had made decisions there, ways that I wanted to follow God more. I mean, I wanted to go into ministry at this point. And, and here I saw somebody that I looked up to falling away. And I, I, I was having a hard time in my mind, like, okay, wait, he said all this, he's doing this. I, I still remember talking to my youth pastor, Jeff Redlin, about it. And and he said, Eric, if Bill Crockett preached truth, his decisions don't change the truth that was preached. It just makes him a hypocrite. And he was right. You know, I think of uh, guys like Ravi Zacharias from whom, I mean, I have learned so much from his ministry. He had a, a worldwide ministry, had unbelievable fame, incredible intellect. Uh, powerful presentations. Um, and he too, he lived, he lived with hidden sin all the while serving Christ. I guess here's where I want you to think for just a moment, okay? Where is hypocrisy in your life? How, how is Satan going to use what's going on in your life to bring you down? Where is it that you have hidden sin? Mahatma Gandhi said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Hey, where is God working to sanctify you? And wherever that is, would would you just decide to be pliable clay and let the potter do his work? But what, what do you need to confess to God and to others today so that Satan won't keep this stronghold in your life and keep you from your full potential in Christ? <sighs> My mind makes me think about so much stuff here, and there's so much more stuff I want to say about this. In fact, um, we could go on and, and do a whole nother show on kind of where my mind's at right now. And I've actually, you know what, I think I've got just the person lined up for it. And in just a couple of weeks, we're hosting Ray Comfort on the show. And I want to ask him about hypocrisy in the church. And I, I want him to, to weigh in. I want him to give us his thoughts. You know, we say we love people to death. That's a phrase we, I love you to death. In reality, I think a lot of us are just loving people to hell. Let's talk to Ray about this a little bit. 
see what it looks like to be a real child of God, a real disciple of Christ, and let God sanctify each one of us. Hey, until then, would you please pray about these truths that you've heard? Seek God's face and turn from sin, please. I'll see you next week right here on The Creation Today Show. God bless.